Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. When it comes to working at Geico, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she is so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At Geico, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, Geico has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside, she still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Fredericksburg? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Fredericksburg. You know, something I've been, I guess, mentioning a couple of times throughout previous episodes, and I think it's something that's probably going to be a reoccurring thought in every episode because it's just something that's really is, I guess, frustrating to think that people's priorities are so screwed up especially the people that are focused on personality over policy. I mean, sure, Joe Biden seems like a nice old grandpa compared to mean old Trump. But a Biden administration that will trample on your rights to free speech, the right to self-defense, raise your taxes, add more bureaucracy, more regulations, strip away more freedom and take more control over your life, push to kill more babies, turn a blind eye to illegal immigration and reward illegal immigrants with citizenship you know for those votes that's all fine and well especially for those people that claim to be conservative and wanting to endorse biden that's all fine and well just as long as he does it with a smile and doesn't say mean things on twitter i mean if that's the case then we as a country has the you know we've just degraded ourselves as a country of toddlers who rather have some big daddy government hold our hand than take any kind of personal responsibility. And we'll no longer be capable to keep this republic, Mr. Franklin. highways of america here's the podcast where we talk politics a little entertainment some culture and this and that from the road to your ears this is trend chat with your host brian bledsoe and welcome to another episode of trend chat i'm your host brian bledsoe and if you want to connect with us whether on Instagram or Twitter, it's at Brian L. Bledsoe, and on Facebook, at Trenchat247. So, 
let me let me just say this right now because I want to make sure to mention because I feel like I go on a rant again and don't mention when I have a guest on. And I think that's wrong of me. I need to do that and have some sort of structure. So we will have Matt Blake on um, later on and we'll play the interview and where we'll talk about podcasting and politics and um, I guess, and other things when it comes to, I guess I also tell a little story about when I was volunteering for the cruise campaign and all that. So yeah, that interview will be coming up soon. And matter of fact, that's going to be the majority of the show. Uh, it was a really good conversation and I want to play it all. <laughs> um, I'm not one to really edit too much. So, I mean, if I am doing any editing, it's just me. I guess maybe kind of shortening some of my questions. If you haven't noticed on this podcast, I tend to rant a little bit. So when I do an interview, sometimes I notice I may rant at just asking a question. <laughs> and so, um, I mean, over time, I guess I'll get better at that as far as making my, uh, questions more concise and especially if I'm doing anything live, but, but anyway, so let me just say that as we get to, um, uh, for because I, I want to get through as much as possible because I want to leave as much time and not go into like you know hour and a half. <laughs> so, so we had dueling town halls because the debate that was supposed to be in this week was canceled because of you know President Trump having COVID and all that, and Joe Biden didn't want didn't want to <laughs> have the debate and, and whatever. And I mean. It seems like it's been uh, weeks ago when the news came out about President Trump having COVID because it like came and went in like a span of a couple of days. Uh, and I mean, he's doing well now. So, so like I said, it just went, went by really fast. And um, that, I mean, that's a good thing. That's great. I think much to the chagrin of the mainstream media and, uh, and the Democrats, think they um wanted uh, a graver result seemed like but um either way they had dueling town halls and so president trump was on nbc and joe biden was on um uh, abc and pretty much so the trump town hall was pretty much just another debate it just instead of Joe Biden is was with uh, Samantha Guthrie. That's pretty much all it was. There was a debate and a town hall in there somewhere. <laughs> so that's how that went. Cause I'm, I'm not going to get into all the, you know, breakdown and of, of the, <laughs> those debates or whatever. But, uh, then you go and see uh, Biden's town hall. It was all just peaches and cream. Oh, just softball questions really. And, and there was no questions about the New York, uh, what New York Post report about Hunter Biden? There was none of that. No, not really challenged on anything. Meanwhile, on Trump's town hall, he gets asked for the millionth time about white supremacy. And if you listen to the previous episode where I played all those times where he denounced white supremacy, like like I mentioned last episode, this is just a tactic that media is using to manipulate voters to make us. You know, it's. I mean, they're deceptively continuing to ask to make it seem like he hasn't denounced before and count on the ignorance of the general public to believe the facade that they're putting out and also believe that, you know, 
you know, uh, most people still believe that the media is objective, which they're not. And also they just count on people not doing their own research and seeing for themselves that he has denounced numerous times. So, and so, yeah, and that's not going to stop, but there is going to be another actual debate. So they're, they, I guess they agreed to that one. And that's, I forgot. I think it's going to be on CNN or something like that. And <laughs> that's going to be, um, yeah, that's going to be something. I just wonder how many times president Trump going to call them fake news, especially talk if, if it's on CNN, I forgot if it's on CNN or not, but, um, but on top of that, we also had the Supreme court confirmation hearings for Amy Coney Barrett that was going on this week. And, it was funny to see the, you know, Democrats try to attack her, uh, for having a career. And I remember seeing tweets from like Slato, other, you know, blue check mark Democrats leftists out there that were saying that, um, she's too focused. Like, I guess like she's a careerist or something like that and not spending time with her family. Like you, like they really care about family. These are the same people that want to kill babies in the womb. And I mean, they just want have, just for the inconvenience of of a baby being in the womb. They just said, well, no, we we think you should kill it because it's, if it's inconvenient to you, then their life means nothing. So so it's come from those same people. So, I, you know, spare me with your <laughs> with your clutching the pearls about spending time with family. Um, and also they was going out there how she dressed. <laughs> And, and that's, it's clear to see because they're going after her about how she dressed. And yet they're only doing that because she's appointed by president Trump and she's a conservative or like a constitutionalist or something like that. If she was a leftist, she could have came out there with a bikini on and they was they would have been like, Oh, that's so empowering for women. So it's, yeah. Again, spare me with your criticism about her how she dress or whatever. You know you don't care about that. I mean, these are the same people that endorse Cardi B talking about WAP and all of this. So, so yeah. So that that should be clearly seen. But unfortunately, like I said, a lot of people in general public have no clue and really don't really un, don't know that. And Democrats and left know that, and they use that ignorance to their advantage. And 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 it works. Unfortunately, it works because so many people do not. Um, doing the research. So anyway, um, I know one thing I was noticing and I'm not going to talk too much about the, the hearings. I mean, mainly if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have seen enough clips and probably don't want to hear much else, but there's one point I want to mention. And, um, I just, um, there was a, there was a clip. Matter of fact, I should have got that clip from Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri where he was making the case about, you know, um, using the religious test argument as far as saying to defend Amy Coney Barrett. And because that's kind of one narrative that Democrats are using and trying to use her faith as a Catholic or Christian as a negative and trying to focus on that. And so Senator Hawley made a, argument saying that you know that should not be the case and the religious test shouldn't you know we have it in the constitution to not 
use a religious test when it comes to whoever we appoint for um, public service and government. And yeah. And so I and I agree with what he said. But when I heard that, the first thing I was thinking about just listening to his speech, which I, you know, I agree with. And I, you know, everything was fine. I'm just thinking about about whenever the next Democrat is in office, I mean, and whether it's in the next couple of weeks or the next four years or whatever, whenever the next Democrat is in office, I can just see people using those words that Senator Hawley um, um, had in his speech in this confirmation hearing. I can see them using those exact words against in anyone when that Democrat um, president, who if it's Joe Biden or someone else later on, when they nominate some radical Muslim to be a judge in the Supreme Court, and it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen sooner or later. There's going to be, uh, they're going to, you know, a Democrat, especially probably going to appoint a Muslim and not only just a Muslim, it, it'll be like a radical Muslim. Someone, someone that would not even, that doesn't even respect the constitution in the sense of, I mean, well, I guess you can say, um, the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg really didn't where she was, uh, more willing to see what international law said about a, a case which shouldn't mean anything when you just when you're deciding anything in the united states but i digress but yeah so i can see that argument coming back around when um whenever they make that appointment because it's going to happen and i'm pretty sure uh i would not be surprised that the next one uh, the next uh, nominee a Democrat appoints will probably be a Muslim. Now I have no <laughs> uh, insight in that. I'm just looking at how they would want to further it, further this push to socialism or totalitarianism. And yeah, I can definitely see that coming. And when that does happen, the, the speech that Senator Hawley just had, I, they're going to flip that right, right around. I said, well, cause if anyone had, so Seth Vincent, when, when this happens, then you're going to have people that's not, it's not going to be really focused on her being Muslim, right? It's going to be focused on the, whoever their, their policy is. If uh, he or she there, you know, have such radical, uh, policies that, that they have ruled on and but all that would not matter because one for one the media will do what they always does and and, and be on the side of the democrats and they will play <laughs> they will give them the cover and all of that and make it seem that any criticism is a criticism on that candidate that nominee being muslim and they're going to use all the, the arguments that we're using now to flip it around kind of like what they've been, what they were doing talking about even appointing, <laughs> even um, nominating her right now and trying to um, equate that to what happened in 2016 to Merrick Garland. So, yeah. So all of this is going to be coming 
down the pipe somewhere down the line. They just that, and that's just something I was thinking about when I was hearing that particular um, portion. There was a lot, a lot of things, and if you haven't heard them, you know, there's plenty of video on C-SPAN and all of that. So, so yeah, it's um, I, I think we're going to get to the point where the it seemed like it went well as far as you know regarding the hearing and all that. So we're going to get to an actual vote. So <laughs> which should probably be either next week or yeah, maybe next week sometime. So hopefully everything goes, goes smooth. I mean, as I've saw maybe uh, yesterday that they have the votes for, well, they have the votes to to confirm. So, I, when I heard that, I was like, "Well, let's do it now." But I'm pretty sure there's going to be Democrats going to have some sort of stalling tactic somewhere in there, where to um, try to slow this down or whatever. But either way, hopefully this this vote goes through. If it is next week, and go through, and and she is um confirmed. And, and everything so especially given with the upcoming election you're going to need all nine in case something crazy goes on and you're going to need all nine to decide something that happens with the election that's probably going to happen one way or another when it comes to like mail-in ballots and all that so commentary as subtle as a sledgehammer this is trend chat This is Lacey Williams, the founder and president of Expressions Magazine, letting you know that you can order our quarterly magazine and support female conservatives by visiting express-conservatism.com, or you can follow us on social media, on Instagram with the username of expressions underscore conserve mag, or on Twitter with the handle of at express underscore conserve. Get your copy today. Hey, this is Amy Robbins, and you're listening to Trend Chat. Hashtag Life Tribe or Culture of Life as they seek to celebrate life through the world of fashion. Go to col1972.com and get 10% off your purchase when you enter the code Trend Chat. All right, so we're going to get to our interview with Matt Blake. Um, we met at a um, at an event about a couple of months ago, and so um, well, I mentioned that in in the interview, but um, yeah, we're going to get to that interview. Um, pretty shortly. Matter of fact, I have I guess one. <laughs> uh, I got one thing, but I think I may hold that to after the interview. So, in saying that, let's yeah. Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you gotta check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks, Jansport backpacks for 25% off, and 30% off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash. So, yeah, not sure who's more excited right now, me or the girls. Select styles. 15% off ends August 15th. Levi's coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store Kohl's account for details. 
we're going to shout out the locations. <laughs> and I think if you heard last episode, uh, but yeah, we're going to shout out locations. I think I'm going to hold off on what I, the couple of things to after this interview. So let's just get, get into it. So without further ado, here is our interview uh, with Matt. Hello, this is Trent Chat, and we are very pleased to have podcaster, DJ, speaker, Matt Blake with us. We met at an event where we were both speaking a couple of months ago, and we got to talking about podcasting and everything, and it got quite interesting, and i just been waiting to talk with him more about podcasting and some other things. So, how you doing, Matt? I'm good, Brian. How are you, man? Doing okay. So, when we talked about podcasting at the event, and... You informed me that you've been podcasting, I guess, even before it was called podcasting, right? Well, it was called podcasting, but it's been about 13 years. Actually, what is today's date? The 16th? Tomorrow is the 13th anniversary of when I launched my first podcast. So uh, we launched back in 2007, uh, the same month as the original iPhone. And the most difficult part of launching a podcast back then was having to explain to people, hey, would you would you listen to my podcast? And they say, sure. What is a podcast? <laughs> and you would have to you'd have to not only tell them explain to them what it is, is you have to tell them how to go download it. And so the world has changed so much now. It's it's so much. Everybody knows what a podcast is. Um, but yeah, it's most people didn't know what a podcast was 13 years ago. And so it was it was very interesting, very interesting trying to explain to people it's a radio show. But it's online, and you can download it anytime you want and listen to it. So, yeah, yeah, because yeah, because yeah, you didn't um, at that time there weren't like apps out there um, no, for podcasts. No, yeah, you had so. to, you had to get them. Pretty much, iTunes was the only user friendly way to get them. So if people didn't have iTunes, you then had to say, oh no, you can get iTunes on your PC, but you were having to tell people, well, put iTunes on your computer. And then plug in your phone or your iPod, and then you can download it, and then you can listen to it. So it's amazing to me that anybody listened to shows back then because it was such a beating. If you didn't have an iPod, it was difficult. It was difficult to do, but you know we somehow muddled through. Well, at that time, I guess in the the best way to listen to a podcast was uh, through your um, PC, really, because you didn't have an app, so you had to you know yeah. had to pull it off the internet, right? Yeah, you had to. People either had to listen right there on their home computer or laptop, or they had to download it and then transfer it to an iPod. But, but you know, in 2007, there were a lot more iPods than there are now. I mean, we don't need them now because smartphones can do all the stuff an iPod did. But really, iPods were really popular for a while there, and uh, and so it, there was a large portion of people who were who they knew how to download and sync music. And so once you could explain that you can do this the same way you do your music. It, it was a little bit easier, but it was still it was still a learning curve. Even just creating a podcast was such a learning curve because there wasn't a whole lot of host providers back then either. We did um, it was basically Podbean and Libsyn were the big ones, and we tried both of them and I didn't like them, so we ended up actually hosting our own. So we would just record it, we would upload it to our own server, and then we would post it kind of like a blog post, and then we created an RSS feed on our website, and that's what kind of you know without getting too technical that's how it works in rss feed and then we just submitted our own rss you had to submit things manually back then too uh there was a back day you had to email an email address at apple and you had to say here's my rss feed 
and they would add it that way and they would email you back hey we added your podcast so well see for people that you know that know this podcast knowing that it started in 2017 that is when i started knowing anything about podcasting because i i'm doing it through an app through a speaker app so yeah. as far as the, all the technical um aspects that go into doing a podcast i i know that i am doing the very bare minimum as far as putting it together now for you back then like like you just said as far as having you know rss feeds and all that like you pretty much had to build it from scrap right you did you did we had to i mean there was a little bit of help our we used wordpress for our site and so you know if you could post a blog you had the same kind of concept and so but, you know, I got tired of, of handling all the technical stuff, so I'm on Spreaker now, too, and I, I've, I've used Spreaker for a long time. And uh, my, the reason I got on it was because the app was because you can uh, you can just use your phone. And I, I would do a lot of interviews with, with bands and stuff. The first podcast I ever did promoted local bands. And so I could go live from the club, you know, interview a band, or I could just record it on my iPhone, and then they have a app for your computer also. And uh, mm-hmm. the studio on the computer is great because you can store all your promos and bumpers and tags and all that stuff and uh, and just kill it. So we used to back in the day too, uh, you, you know, going live wasn't a thing. But now, um, you know, we record everything live and we don't. I don't edit my shows at all. I mean, I can play my intro and play my outro and all my my bumpers and stuff live in the show. So we, we don't have a reason. I don't ever have to edit my show anymore, which is crazy. We used to spend so much time recording it in um, Audacity and then going back and, and leveling it and clipping things and all that kind of garbage. So to record a one-hour podcast episode you know, took an hour and a half to set up your equipment and then took an hour to record it if you didn't start over in any spot. And then, you know, it took an hour and a half or two hours to edit because editing an hour of audio isn't just listen through. I mean, there's a lot of work to that. So it was a long, like a one hour episode, not including prep and, you know, figuring out content and that stuff. Just recording, editing and posting was like a, you know, three or four hour process. But now you're right. The apps, it's easy. Anchor is really easy, too. I think a lot of people use Anchor, too. You can just hit record on your phone, start talking, get the whole thing going, stop. Boom, it's done. You go in and type up some show notes or description and you're done. It's it's awesome. I love it. As far as the editing goes, so like so this interview here is, is recorded, so there's probably gonna be some editing. And I normally tell my guests, like if I'm doing any editing, it's on my end. Because <laughs> so, 'cause I'm I'm normally I'm editing myself more than anything. But sure. like like when I'm doing the so most episodes are recorded there and so um, I guess to give a little peek behind the curtain in a sense, even though I mentioned this before. So when I'm doing an episode, um, if I mess up in the first five minutes, I'm, I tend to start over. But I've made a rule yeah. with myself because at first, at, at first, uh, an episode would take almost one or two hours because I would always get, I, I would get maybe 30 minutes in and I would all of a sudden start over. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so I made a rule with myself. I'm like, look, because I look at the timer on, on Spreaker, I look at the time. I say, if I got past five minutes, I'm going to just go with it. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to start over again. And so that saved a lot of time. <laughs> well, and the the other thing about having to edit is because then you have a file you have to jack with and then upload. Uh. And we had one time 
we recorded uh, an episode of the podcast. Uh, we were out at a at a local music venue, and we just had the laptop sitting on a, a table. And we had microphones all around, and we were talking there. Had we would have musicians come over and talk to us on the show, and we had a glitch in Audacity when we stopped recording, and we had a two hour podcast done, and it corrupted all the files. So Ooh. I had to go back in, and I so this is another idiotic kind of technical thing, but Audacity, when it records a podcast, it records tiny little increments uh, in waves, and then when you're done, it pieces them all together. So I had to go find this utility application and where it would it would locate all those files and stitch them back together, and it took like four or five hours to do that. And then I had to go in and find spots where it didn't quite line up or spots where there were gaps, so I had to listen back to it and edit spots out. So – I, I at first thought I lost a two-hour episode, which was great audio, and then I kind of wish I had just lost it because then I spent you know six or eight hours getting it all pieced back together and edited and put out. Like the entire next day, I was hung over <laughs> trying to fix this stupid audio. But you know, I have horror stories that now I back up. I have backups all the time. I'm I'm always when I do my show broadcasting live on Spreaker, so it records on there. I'm broadcasting live video on Facebook, so that's recording. And then I also turn on Audacity and just record all the audio as we're doing. So if one fails, I've got two backups now because I've spent too much time and energy having to go back and piece something together that I don't want to have to mess with that anymore. So, Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I remember Audacity. Uh, I never used it myself. I've heard about it. But like, I guess like right when I was about to start, um, someone mentioned about Audacity. And yeah, so but a- I never got a chance to use them. They tell everybody to use it because it's free and easy. Like, so people don't go out and buy like Adobe Premiere, like drop a bunch of bills on, on software they don't need. Because if you're just mm-hmm. starting a podcast, you don't need this massive, you know, software library. Audacity, which is a free audio editing tool, is perfectly fine. You can just record right in there. It's got some nice effects and stuff if you want to create promos and bumpers and all that stuff. I've never used anything to edit my audio except audacity the the free tool that i started with 13 years ago and you know there's i don't understand some of these guys who'll spend you know they've got like four guys on their podcast and so they drop four or five hundred dollars on each microphone and then they Mm -hmm. buy a laptop and all they do is podcast on that laptop so they drop another grand on that and then they've got some crazy roadcaster thing that they you know spent another thousand dollars on and and then they, you know, pay someone to edit their podcast, and they pay for all these promos and stuff. And I'm like, man, I literally spend twenty dollars a month on my podcast, and it sounds better than your overproduced <laughs> wannabe FM radio thing. And because people don't want to listen to another FM radio show, they listen to podcasts because they want to hear authentic stories from hosts who have something in common with them, right? Like, I'm not going to edit out every um and every misspeak and every you know, pause in my show, I want people to understand I'm having a conversation with my audience. Like, this is why the medium is so cool. You can take a normal DJ like me who has some ideas and feelings and I put them out there, or a truck driver who has a great view of the world from behind his steering wheel, and they want to listen to these unique points of view from all over the place. And, like, over-editing it and turning into, like, I'm never going to be a professional podcaster. I don't want to, like... I don't want to go to some studio where I wear a suit and like have a producer that, you know, records and edits the show for me. And I just show, like I'm that's not what podcasting is to me. And I think people who are, that's there's two different kinds of podcasts. There's that 
commercial overproduced stuff. And then there's like the rest of us, like this is our medium. This is our, you know, it's supposed to kind of be like the wild west of entertainment. <laughs> like the, there's no rules in podcasting. There's not even a standard for, for audio or anything yet. I mean, a few organizations have tried to say, well, the standard should be this. Well, yeah, that's your opinion on it, but there's nothing, there's no kind of oversight. There's no rules and laws and, you know, it's just put out whatever content you want. Put out something you are passionate about. You, you know, there's podcasts about everything. You know, I do a podcast about business and inspiration. And, you know, there's a ton of political podcasts, especially in an election year. There's podcasts about the Cincinnati Bengals. There's podcasts about Peter Pan. There's, you know, Harry Potter, the walking every there's something for everybody. And, you know, with very few exceptions, uh, it's just free entertainment. And I think it's I, I love it. I, I love the Wild West of podcasting and I love this medium. I think this medium is going to continue to be the future. I mean, it's popular now, right? It's like kind of gone mainstream. A lot of people know about it, but yeah. still it's, it's a small percentage of people who still listen to podcasts. And uh, I think it's just going to continue to grow and be awesome as the years roll on. So this is trend chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's Civics Education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our Educational Meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Hey everyone, this is Amy Robbins with Alexa Athletica, and you're listening to Trend Chat. Yeah, and, and and with all of that, that also means that the market is <laughs> is is flooded right now as far as as far yeah. as trying to find your your space in there. Uh, you know, if you're wanting to, I guess, make this in some sort of a career or or, or something like that, where yeah. you got to find your spot somewhere in <laughs> in the midst of all of this. <laughs> Because, like, yeah. as you said, there's a podcast for every single thing. Really, literally, there's a lot. There's a podcast for everything. There is. Yeah. People who love German women with big feet. That's probably a podcast out there. It's out there uh, somewhere, especially in Germany. But there's there's too many true crime podcasts for my. But you, I know you say it's 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 saturated. It's flooded market. There is a lot of podcasts, you guys. But if you go into iTunes directory and, or Apple Podcasts, what they call it now, and you scroll through and look, yeah, there is tens of thousands of podcasts some of those shows haven't released a show in a year or two there's a lot of new podcasts that come out every year and then there's a ton of podcasts that dry up and die every year uh i saw some there's some t- statistic out there that it's a huge percentage i want to say in the 70s or 80s percent of podcasts don't get past their fifth episode and then they just go away so you 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 also have the medium flooded with people who you know think they want to do a podcast they get anchor or or something on their phone and they record three or four episodes and then they never do anything again. And I, you know, it's good and bad. It's good that we're the wild west and you know, the, there's no kind of standards or anything, but then you also get a bunch of junk out there that you got to wade through to find something. And then that's the other side of it, right? Because there's some, there is everything out there. So if you want to be successful in podcasting, you just have to find a niche. You have to like, I am the only podcaster talking about this in this way. So, and then if you can do that, that differentiates you and that's how your audience will come. I mean, you're not just, I'm not just another true crime podcaster. Like 
there's a lady who's a true there's a ton of true true crime podcasters but there's one out um toward Terrell out that direction and she just covers unsolved or or murders and stuff she covers it from out in that area so there's maybe one other podcast covering crime in that area so if you want to be a true crime podcaster then the advice would be pick a specific geographic area and focus on that or one very specific type of crime uh you know like when we did our our entertainment podcast we did comedy and interviews and entertainment but our main focus was local dallas fort worth musicians and so there wasn't a ton of podcasts that were entertainment podcasts that focused on rock bands from dallas fort worth i think there was maybe like eight or ten of us total and uh so I mean that's kind of cool once once you can find something you love and and niche down and you can be like one of a handful in the world and that's how you get popular. At one point we were number eleven in the entire podcasting charts. We were number eleven uh, in in the comedy podcast and I think we we're in the top twenty for a couple of weeks overall. Every podcast, tens of thousands of podcasts, we were like number twenty or something. And wow. uh, that doesn't last long. <laughs> we we hit big after. After uh, it was when McCain was running against Obama and they were doing the vice presidential debate. And, of course, then it was Joe Biden running as vice running for vice president and he was doing the debate and I was doing point counterpoint. So every time Joe Biden would give an answer, then I would come back with how why that was so stupid because he's been <laughs> stupid for decades. Y'all. Um, but so I was I was live streaming it and, you know, I had two or three hundred people watching. And I was like, man, this is amazing. And then I was fixing to sign off and be like, okay, we're done. Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you got to check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks, Jansport backpacks for 25% off, and 30% off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash. So, yeah, not sure who's more excited right now, me or the girls. Select styles. 15% off friends August 15th. Levi's coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store calls account for details. Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. And then all of a sudden the number jumped up to like five or 600. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll hang out a little bit longer. What had happened was the video site that I streamed on back then decided to feature me on the front page. And so 10 minutes later, I had over 8,000 people, almost 9,000 people watching me live. And the next weeks, so I, did, I was on for like half an hour with those people just rolling. And when the numbers started dropping back down, I'm like, okay, see y'all later. Well, a lot of people watched me live, sure, but then they decided we love this show. And within a month, we were getting 10,000 a week downloads on our episode. And so 
we we did a weekly show and it was getting 10,000 plus downloads a week after that. So we had been doing it for four or five years with moderate, you know, you know, 1,500, 2,000 per episode downloads, which is great. That is a great numbers for an independent podcast. Absolutely top tier. But then to have that big pop happen because I happened to be talking about Biden and the vice presidential debate and they featured me. And then it exposed me to this whole other audience of people who thought it was funny because I was, you know, being a jackass mostly. And (laughs) they decided, well, we'll come listen to this guy. And it was cool for so many reasons. Like it was one little thing that popped us. And then people would come and they would stay and they would, it allowed me to expose Dallas Fort Worth music to more people. And that was my whole goal for starting podcasting years ago. Of course, now I don't even do that show anymore. My my show is all about inspiration, motivation, you know, being the best you can, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it was just really, really unique to have that happen. So you know, my advice to podcasters, besides you know, find your niche, find something specific, would be, you know, just keep doing it. Something is going to happen eventually. You're going to be doing some random thing, and it's going to some website is going to feature it or pop it up or something. I've been featured on the front page of Spreaker before. Just randomly, I was one of the podcasts they featured that week, and my numbers went through the roof after that. You know, so yeah, something's going to happen eventually. Yeah, I, you know that was something I, I, well, I, I guess I was meaning, meaning to ask you um from the beginning was uh, what got you into doing a podcast? Yeah, so uh, I well, I was a graphic designer once upon a time, and I was working with this guy. And uh, he listened to podcasts, and I'm like, cool, tell me about them. And I started listening. I'm like, this is awesome. I love this. This is like when you were a kid and would record a message to your friends on a cassette tape and then give it to them, and then they would listen to it and record a message back to you. But we can just do this on the Internet. So I started looking into it and looking into some equipment, and and then I just started, decided, you know, I, I love local music because I had a blog that uh, where I featured – I would do write-ups on local bands and, and show reviews and album reviews and all that kind of garbage. And I said, I can just talk into a microphone instead of typing all this out and people can listen to it. And we'll also do some prank calls and tell some jokes and, you know, be ridiculous and all that crap. And so me and my best friend started the show and uh, sitting on our couch with two microphones plugged into a a, a portable digital voice recorder that uses a handheld voice recorder. Uh, By episode three, we were plugged into our computer uh, and then just off to the races. So. Yeah, it was. I wanted to entertain. I love entertaining people, which is why I ended up being a DJ. And so it was. It was entertainment, and I wanted to. I wanted to continue to promote local music and get it out there to the to the world at large, and that was really my passion. And so, so that's it, it. Let me do that. So you were a DJ before doing a podcast no, or after? I wasn't after. I, I was after. after. My podcasting has opened all these doors though, because okay. I had been podcasting for. I've, I've been um, I've been a mobile DJ for seven years, and I did my podcast, and internet radio folks would say, hey, can we carry your podcast on our show, on our station? I'm like, sure. And then uh, they said, hey, do you want to do a live set? on the? You want to come on and talk, and you'll play a song. Come on and talk, because you know I was good with an audience. And I said, sure. So I, started, I was an internet radio DJ, and this is like 10 years ago. Mm. And so I had all the equipment because podcasting back in the day, you know, you couldn't do it in an app. You had to have microphones. You had to have soundboards. And so a friend of mine wanted to get a podcast started, and he was a DJ. And he said, hey, can I come over and be on your show with you? And then can you kind of show me how podcasting works and that stuff? So I worked with him a little bit, and I was like, hey, I've got all this equipment, and I love entertaining people, and I love music. Can you show me a little bit about DJing? 
And so, you know, I went with him when he did a wedding and um, I fell in love with with just that aspect of live being in front of people entertaining. And so I, I didn't have to buy much equipment. <laughs> I already had I already had the laptop I needed, the microphones, the cables, the soundboard. I basically just downloaded the software and got bought a controller and an extra speaker. I already had a couple speakers. And uh, and I, I basically, you know, it only cost me five or six hundred dollars to get the rest of the equipment I needed. And I started working on on uh, being a mobile DJ. But I had I had done internet DJing for several years before then, and I had done MCing where I would go when local bands were playing because I had featured them on the podcast. They would say, "Hey, do you want to come? You know, kind of host the show, introduce the bands, and that kind of stuff." So I'd already been on stage working a microphone for years, and was just like, "Yeah, this is the next thing. Let's do this." So, it's okay. all, all, podcasting opened all the doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, because I was wondering, I'm like, because I saw, you know, you were a DJ, and then also with the podcast, and so I was like, <laughs> for one, I, you know, that makes sense now thinking about it because back then, as far as podcasting goes, you had so much equipment, and that pretty much kind of goes. Some of that stuff can pretty much be used. You know, to be a DJ, and I was—I mean, even if you wanna, I guess, if you wanna use some of the equipment for, um, um, you know, for producing music or something, you know, as far as you know, putting the album together and all of that, like, like mics and soundboards and all of that. Well, and all I have you, is the mic. Once you understand technically how how stuff like audio equipment works together, I mean, that's the biggest hurdle to me uh, mm-hmm. to getting into DJing. Uh, was like you got to understand where you plug a microphone in, where you plug an input in, where you take it out to a speaker. Once you understand, that's the hard part, man. Standing up there and pressing play, like the, just the very basic of DJing is not that difficult. Like if you want to be a club DJ and get good and like really kill it and do mixes and stuff like I do, yeah, that takes some learning curve. But to just be a DJ, to like go play at like a party or a corporate event or a wedding – you you can learn pretty quickly how to do that stuff, and especially if you already have the technical know-how from podcasting. I know a lot of podcasters that they a lot of them come to it from being a musician, like they played in a band. So they're like, I have microphones and stuff. I just plug it into a computer and record myself talking instead of playing the guitar. So now, okay, let me give a little um, a little story about um, uh, messing with soundboards because um, so I. You know, I'm doing this podcast and I'm, so everyone, you know, so I'm doing this through Spreaker and everything. So it's really, I'm doing everything through the phone and that's pretty much it. So I don't know all that about soundboards and everything, but here's a, here's a, a situation where I had to use one. So when Senator Cruz announced that he was running for president, um, we, we was at his uh, campaign office in Houston and I was a volunteer. Um, I, I've been a volunteer for Senator Cruz when, you know, even when he was running for Senate. And so I was there and I'm just walking around and we were setting up everything, setting up the stage and all that, getting ready. And so uh, someone needs to set up the sound, like the mics and all of that. And for some odd reason, I don't know why, because I never told anyone I know how to do anything about sound. Um, <laughs> they just t- they, they told me, hey. You put uh, put up, you know, put up the soundboard, put up the mics and all that, and the speakers and all that. Like, why you chose me? I did, but they just and I didn't say no because I wanted to help. So, and um, yeah. so here I am, 
getting all these, you know, these speakers out. And only thing that helped me a little bit is because I helped out at my um, at my church. Uh-huh. And so I helped I helped take the speakers down and unplug the mics. That's all I did at church, though. I didn't do anything else other than that. So I did know about, okay, I know this cord goes in there. <laughs> I do know that part. <laughs> and yeah. so I like, okay, I put that, I put the, the, I put that in the, in the speaker. And I plugged up the mics and then, um, they gave me this huge soundboard. <laughs> and I'm like, I see all these levers and all these knobs. I'm like, I do not know what, <laughs> what this is. <laughs> And so good thing I had like an hour to play with it because that's all I did. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'm pretty good when it comes to figuring stuff out, uh, yeah. at least enough for it to work. Let's put it that way. I ain't saying I knew I knew how to do everything, but I knew <laughs> how to get it, how to turn it on and yeah. turn it off. And so yeah. and um, after playing with it a little bit, I figured out, OK, this might work here. This that. like, OK, I had it all set. But if one person messed like touch one knob I'm you know I don't know how to fix it <laughs> and so I had it all set up I had it all ready to go and, and, I, and I, I didn't even move I just stayed right there next to the soundboard because I didn't want the chance of someone messing with it so I just yeah. stood there for an hour while everybody walked around everybody no, no I'm staying right here so anyway the soda um uh, every, so the the event started Senator the crews come up and spoke like I mean how nervous I was well, before he came up, because first, because I remember this like it was yesterday. First person that spoke was um uh, uh, Rafael Cruz, um Ted Cruz's father. He he spoke uh-huh. first, and that was the the moment right there. Because when he picked up the mic and hit and everything came out, I was like, "Thank you, <laughs> Jesus, I did it." I know. I was like, "Cause I I mean you, I tested that so many times before he picked up the mic, but I was like." It'll be just my luck. Once he pick it up, all of a sudden, nothing comes oh, out. Oh man! And so, but, but it but it worked though. So I'm like, okay, good, good. So, so as long as no nothing happens, as long as I stay right here, nothing, you know, everything should go well. Yeah. And so, so after Cruz spoke, then Senator Cruz was on his way to the um to the stage, and then before he spoke, um, his wife Heidi was going to speak before, mm-hmm. and so. She picks up the mic, and nothing comes out. Oh no! And I'm like, and, and and I remember this to this day. This has nothing to do with Heidi, but it was just funny because she turned and looked right in my face, and oh, I'm no. and I'm like looking at the I'm looking at the sound boy. I'm freaking out. My heart is beating like a thousand beats a second. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And um, oh, God. and then. But the, I don't know, and I honestly still don't know what happened because she looked, then she turned back and said something again. Then, then it worked. So I don't know mm-hmm. what happened because I didn't do anything. I just looked at the board like I was doing something, but I didn't touch nothing. And um, but then she turned around, and then she spoke, and then it came out. Then you know, crisis was averted, and then Senator Cruz spoke, and nothing happened. So everything went smooth without me doing a thing to the board. <laughs> I just looked at it the whole time. Yeah. Oh, man, that's hilarious. So do you have on your resume former audio engineer for Ted Cruz campaign? <laughs> you should get that. <laughs> well, the fact I only did it one time and I and also I didn't want to put that on there because I didn't want people to think that I know how to do it. Because <laughs> I've, yeah. I've never touched the board since then. And <laughs> when you mentioned about soundboards, it made me think about that story. But 
Oh man, that that was that was the most nerve wracking couple of minutes. I mean, that time it was like two seconds, but it felt like ten minutes were passing. Oh, sure. sure. <laughs> between yeah. the, between the time of her not hearing anything and her looking back and and me looking looking back at her, <laughs> like I, I yeah, I was like man, and everybody was there too. I've had moments like that DJing like a wedding, like someone will say something like they're having a microphone and they're fixing to do a toast or something and they go to say something and nothing comes out and they look over and like so everyone in the wedding looks over at me and i'm like i don't know hold on let me see what's going on i have no idea and it'll take like five seconds to sort it out but it feels like you've been there a half hour everyone's staring at you you're starting to sweat underneath your shirt and you're like oh god what's happening please y'all just stop staring at me But the difference is that when they're looking at you, you know how to troubleshoot and what you need to do or maybe have yeah. an idea. Yeah. I was froze. I was froze. <laughs> I could not do anything because oh, I had no thought about, okay, I, what I'm supposed to do. And if yeah. that would have kept going on, I would have just been standing there. <laughs> just standing there looking at her like, yeah. I don't know, yell, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> That that was that was so nerve wracking for me because I couldn't do nothing. Because if I start messing with these knobs, it it would yeah. just made it worse. <laughs> yeah, no telling, no telling what's gonna happen. Politics and other stuff maybe. This is Trend Chat with your host Brian Bledsoe. Hey guys, this is Morgan Zegers, the founder and CEO of Young Americans Against Socialism. We are a nonprofit organization working to preserve a free, fair, and prosperous America for generations to come, all by equipping our generation with the truth about socialism. If you are interested in watching our educational videos, donating to the cause, joining the Ask Coalition, or becoming a contributor, you can do all of these things at fightsocialism.org. We hope you'll join us in this crucial fight for the future of our great country. Thanks! Senator, you know Brian. Sure, can yeah. see. This is Trend Chat. Um, so um, when I mentioned about um, with the well, I know you you mentioned about Joe Biden, <laughs> um, <laughs> with the, the episode which, <laughs> and how that turned out and how everything blew up with um with that. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, given that it's 2020, we're getting close to the election, and mm-hmm. um, and we just had dueling town halls <laughs> with <laughs> with the president and and um and joe biden so and also well we met at, at an event where we were talking about uh opening you know texas and also yeah. it was a you know make them you know a MAGA rally as well so yeah do you talk about much about politics on your podcast not on this one that i do now the so the podcast i do now is called inspired to greatness mm-hmm. um it's mostly you know a business-based one i wanted to i I'm, i love being an entrepreneur i love small businesses i've always you know, been involved in small businesses. And so I love, I love being a public speaker also. So I wanted to do something that kind of would help businesses and also be an outlet for me to, you know, kind of share some motivational, inspirational kind of stuff. And so we typically avoid politics on the show just because, you know, it's not usually an inspirational topic. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, obviously it's divisive. I mean, everybody knows it is, but in the show we used to do back in the day, yeah, we would talk about a lot of politics stuff, and uh, and I, I I go on Facebook Live all the time. Uh, I'm I'm very politically active, you know. I I, I actually am coming. I haven't announced this anywhere really publicly yet, uh, but people know. Uh, so in January I will be starting my campaign. I'm running for local school board here, uh, in oh, okay. in 
in the area. And I was actually considering it. I had talked to members of the school board, and they indicated that, you know, it might be a good thing for me to pursue. I had talked to Stephanie Click's uh, husband because uh, I know him from uh, from business stuff. And, you know, he, he, he thought maybe, you know, you do have some skills in, in the public speaking, and you can you can convey an idea to people pretty well. And then when we were out there at that uh, Open Texas slash Trump rally, the, where you and I were there, um, when I when I talked to Alan West out there, and and he firmly believes that the school board is the most important elected position in the country, and uh, so I was talking to him about it. I said, you know, listen, um, Mr. West, I've got an opportunity to run for school board, and you know, I think I'm going to have the support of all the other conservative members of the board and that kind of thing. Um, and you know, people are going to help me, and I think I can get. And he said, I think you should do that, Matt. I think that'd be a good spot for you. So. So, you know, I, I'm, that's, that's going to be happening next year. You know, um, there's, there's six people on the school board, four of them are conservative, two of them are liberal. And next year, one of the liberal members is up for reelection. And so I'm going to run against her and hopefully, you know, get her out. And so then we'll have five to one, maybe do a little better on some of the stuff for the kids. Cause, you know, the future is all based on how the kids get treated and what the kids learn. I mean, they're doing some crazy stuff in places like Austin and out in California. Where they're teaching this bizarre sex ed stuff to elementary age kids, and the place where that's going to get stopped is the school board. Um, and you know, I have five kids, and so I'm very passionately involved. Probably a little too involved. My kids' teachers probably, when they see an email from me, they probably like, "Oh crap, what's it now?" Or anytime <laughs> I get an email from the book from the school district. Then I'm like, okay, we got to go on Facebook Live. I was doing that just before uh, we got on this call today, because uh, they just sent out a thing saying, due to the closures uh, from last year and this year, the kids are behind, so we're canceling the fall um, semester exams so that we can use that time to catch up on stuff. And I'm like, here we go. This is more, more fallout from the decision to close, the ill-advised decision to close schools when you knew nothing about this flu-like virus. And you just decided we're going to shut everything down. And, you know, as more and more data comes out about COVID and the coronavirus, it's more and more obvious that this was the largest overreaction in the history of the world, the way people are handling this. And, you know, I just every every time a new issue comes out, I just take them to task on it because what the left and the media and the school districts would love right now is for them after the election to quietly stop talking about COVID and quietly let things go back to normal. But we can't let, we have to let them know. No, no. There's a lot of things screwed up because of what you guys did. We're not going to forget this, especially when like Greg Abbott comes up for election and school boards come up for election because there's going to be who, who really knows what the long lasting effects of the coronavirus to someone's body is going to be. We don't know. I, I don't think they're going to be serious, personally. Uh, I'm not a doctor, though. But I can already tell you the damage that's already been done because of the reaction. I I was out of work, and it, the whole event industry closed down. I mean, I, I didn't DJ for months. Uh, people are losing their jobs. People are losing their houses. Children can't go to school. Domestic violence is up. Businesses are closing. Restaurants are closing. People can't get toilet paper, which was the most ridiculous thing ever, um, <laughs> you know. Domestic violence is that people are people are dying because of the reaction to coronavirus. I mean, kids who would normally 
be able to reach out to somebody at school and say, hey, you know, my dad beats the crap out of me at home. They have nowhere to go. They're just staying at home and getting the crap beat out of them because drunk dad now has lost his job and his kid's not at school. So he'll just beat on him all the time and the kid can't tell anybody. I mean, that's an extreme example. But that stuff is happening all over the place because of what they've done here. And I think they would love for us to forget what they've done and the trillions of dollars they've cost the American people. And, you know, they can't buy us off $1,200 a piece and think that we're going to go away and forget about it. I mean, millions of people out of work. You know, Brian. I mean, it's just – it's ridiculous, the reaction to this thing. And uh, Well, we're about to, well, well, we're they, about to find out. <laughs> yeah. Said, we're, yeah, because we're, we're about to find out if we can because um, that's going to be uh, when we see the election results and see how many uh, – you know, not, all, not only when it comes to for president, but just all the way down the ballot and where yeah. – People are how how they're going to react as far as everything that's been going on the past you know six seven six six seven months, but uh yeah. you know given that you mentioned about school board and so that's kind of I I want to shift to talk about that because I want I want to ask you um to I guess inform because this is something that I know about but let people know. As far as when it comes to these school boards and not just where you're going to run, but just pretty much across the country where mm-hmm. you have all of these, um, like liberal, like uh, pretty much overrun by liberals, progressives, Democrats yeah. and, what, and whatnot. And they're, and they have all these revisionist history that is mm-hmm. like the 1619 project and all of this mm-hmm. that is coming through and that is being approved through the school boards and people not really noticing anything about it. Yeah, well, when is the last time anybody who's listening, if you're a parent uh, or you you had kids in school, I mean, when's the last time you paid attention to a school board meeting? Nobody does. Nobody does, and they use this to their advantage because while more people pay attention to what the city government and the state government are doing, nobody pays attention to what the school board's doing. What? Who cares what the school board's doing? They're worrying about you know curriculum and stuff. Yeah, curriculum, you guys. That's where this stuff comes from. Who do you think sets the guidelines and suggests the curriculum that's going to teach your children and what kind of moral turn it's going to take? It's the school board. And we're lucky. You know, Brian, we live in Texas, and most school boards in a large section of Texas are very conservative. I mean, it just is. We're, we're lucky. But Dallas County is just about lost. Uh, Harris County is just about lost. I mean, Brazoria County – any, any, anywhere around yeah, Austin. The, the metropolitan city, um, counties really. Is, yeah. Is where, Tarrant, uh, where County's still, Tarrant County's still okay. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of liberal stuff in, in, uh, Arlington, but it's mm-hmm. because they're so close to Dallas. But, uh, but, you know, I even see it in Tarrant County. I mean, Hillary almost won Tarrant County in the last election, which mm-hmm. blew me away. I was like, where do I live? This is crazy. <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 I mean, just speaking about that, I think I think the last four years is going to fix that. People are going to realize, oh, well, the economy was way, way better before the liberals derailed us again. And so but going back to the school boards, I mean, these are the folks and they are elected. They are elected. You guys can choose who sits on the school board. And they're so important because they decide when these things like let's teach anal sex to elementary school kids, 
The school board made that decision. The school board decided to teach sex ed and anal sex and, you know, additional say like they're teaching oral sex in middle school. You guys like if you don't want your kids like forget making sure they don't have TikTok and Snapchat and Pornhub on their phone. Forget that because they're going to find a way to Google girls in bikinis on their phone. I know they are. But at school, you don't want them learning about I mean, I don't really want my kids learning much about sex at all in school. That's my job, right? Because I'm a parent. You have certain yeah. responsibilities as a parent. And that's a sad thing. A lot of people these days, uh, liberal and conservative alike, are lazy about being a parent and will just let the schools do it all, which is even more of a reason to be concerned with what that school board's deciding. I mean, the school board decides where they're going to, where the district is going to spend their money. The school, the school board decides what is the curriculum we're going to approve? They, you know, like you've got, there's been some in Texas where they like let drag queens come in and read to the kids. And listen, this isn't a discussion about whether, you know, gay or straight or lesbian or transgender. If This isn't a discussion about whether that's okay or right. That's a separate discussion. The question is, how do you want to confuse a third grader with having a grown man come in dressed as a woman and read them a book? with questionable things in it. That's not okay. If you want to have a transgender person come over and teach your kid about stuff, have at it. That's your decision. But like that's just – and then they find out one of these guys was actually a sex offender. Who Like who's watching this stuff? Who's the, – the school board is the, is the place where people can take action on this stuff. And you talk about revisionist history, you know? The curriculums, the school district decides what to teach. Like, are they going to teach history the way it was, or are they going to whitewash history to make it seem a different way, or whatever you want to say? Um, you know, it's the same with tearing down Confederate monuments and, and stuff like that. You know, there's people out there who believe the Holocaust didn't happen. And if we keep going the way we're going to go, there's going to eventually be people who say, no, no, the Civil War is a myth. That didn't happen. Because we don't have history or monuments to point to and say, well, why do we have this Robert E. Lee statue? Who was this guy? Eventually, 50 years from now, people aren't going to even know what the Civil War was. They're not going to know all the reasons it was fought, and yet it was fought over slavery largely, but there was other reasons. And there was, you know, people in the South weren't all horrible, evil people. And, you know, there was bad people in the North. I mean, the Northern Republicans basically abandoned southern freed slaves to make a deal to get their guy president after that so hmm. i mean it was <laughs> but no one learns these things because the schools don't want to teach them because it makes one side or the other look bad and that shouldn't you shouldn't have an opinion when it comes to history when you're teaching it you should just say because history is a fact like this happened then this happened then this happened then this happened boom this is yeah. not my opinion doesn't change it and it's it's yeah. so it's counterfeit it's not educating education. It's counterfeit. And, um, man, it's just, I mean, I could rail on for days about this because I have, well, see, I have a fourth grader and, you know, I, it's, it's crazy. Some of the things that, that they just don't learn. It's not so much they're learning wrong things. It's like, they didn't teach you about this. No, we didn't cover that at all. That's insane. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, see, now, given that you, you know, about to run, so you, I guess you're going to have plenty of time to, <laughs> to, to I mean, talk about it. And, and yeah, so. Time, so, yeah, I'm going to be running. And, 
for Birdville, Birdville Independent School District. It's in North Richland Hills, Haltom City, Watauga, Richland Hills area over here in like the northeast Tarrant County. So kind of between like Fort Worth and not the north side of Fort Worth mostly. But oh, okay. Yeah. So so before we go, I have one last question and I want to pull it from this um pod decks because I've had these um these uh cards and I wanted to bring this up because you had a you had a post on Instagram about pod decks and I've had these cards for like I said a couple of months and you know what I'm gonna actually use one and so the one I pulled out is matter of fact before before I ask the question uh, given that you have been using these do you have an answer for all these questions already I don't I, I purposely <laughs> don't look at them I just I'll, I'll draw one. I'll shuffle through them and draw one to do on the on the show. And I, but I don't. I have not read through all the decks. So okay. So okay. So the one I'm picking is uh, who will play you in a movie? Oh, who would play me in a movie? Okay, I have a fun. It's kind of a funny answer. Uh, I don't know anything about the guy's um, life, like his personal life. But when I was younger, before I had this glorious beard, people said. Uh, I looked like John Ritter, like the guy who was in Three's Company. And so oh. I know he's dead now, but if, <laughs> if there was a movie made about my life, we need to resurrect him and have him play me because uh, <laughs> people said I looked like him. I think that would be good. But when I was younger, I had these huge eyebrows and like kind of like Tom Cruise did when he was younger. So one time in my life, somebody said I looked like Tom Cruise. So I've been kind of holding on to that, you know, because he's he's a he's he's crazy, <laughs> but he's a good looking fella. So if we can't have an alive John Ritter, then I would say uh, I would probably say Tom Cruise because one he's good looking and I'm a good looking fella, and <laughs> you know we need him for the action sequences. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if there's any running, then that's your man is Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so uh, he kind of, oh he kind of up when they did those Mission Impossible movies, and now he does a lot of movies like that, and I, I dig it. I don't think there's a movie. At least in the past twenty years, that he does, doesn't have some sort some sort of um running sequence in there somewhere. Even I Vanilla know. Sky, yeah, 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 Vanilla Sky, he ran. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so, yeah, that's a good question. I love that one. So, uh, if people want to, you know, get in contact with you on social media and want to know more about the podcast and everything, where would it go? So the podcast is Inspired to Greatness. The website is itgpodcast.com, itgpodcast.com. And then for, for my business and me personally, you can get me on uh, any social media at DJ Matt Blake or just djmattblake.com. All right, Matt. Thanks so much for your time. We look to have you back on some sometime. Yeah, we'll have to do it after the election and talk about how that whole thing shakes out. All right. Hey, this is Benny Johnson. You're listening to Trend Chat with Brian Bledsoe, the best beard in the business. We here at Trend Chat, we are proud to be part of the 1776 Militia. Check out 1776united.com. They have a wide array of clothing, hats, shirts, art, and more that is fiercely patriotic and stylish to match. Go to 1776united.com, and if you put in the code TRENDCHAT, you get 20% off your first purchase. Again, 1776united.com, put in the code TRENDCHAT for 20% off. All right, so 
thanks to Matt for joining us. And yeah, like I said, that was a, a great conversation. And um, I guess it's kind of what you get when you get two podcasters talking. <laughs> I mean, that could have went longer, actually. I mean, we actually talked for about another, but look, 15 minutes before and after. So, so uh, but yeah, so like I said, hopefully we'll get a chance to have him back on again. And um, after the, the election, I think we we're pretty booked as far as um, up to the election. I have one um, interview coming up that I'm really looking forward to to for the last week up to the election so um i'll guess i'll give more information about that late um in when it get closer to the time so anyway we are well over an hour and so we uh want to um, just want to say appreciate everyone matter of fact we have not shouted out the the locations actually and i don't think i have it pulled up <laughs> and given that it's been so long the, the episode in particular uh I, i'm not going to i, I do remember let me, well i can <laughs> i can shout out a little bit because I, I remember the countries but i don't remember the city so i guess i can probably do that a little bit so just a little bit of that right quick because all i remember i remember the countries when i saw it and unfortunately i didn't put it on here so the countries obviously united states was at the top but india was back in uh, number two and then Russia was number three and then Switzerland was on there so that's all it was on there as far as countries and as far as the cities go I'm doing like I said I'm doing this off the top of my head I'm not looking at it um, there were a couple of cities in India there was Lincoln Nebraska I remember that and um, and Dallas and so yeah but yeah so yeah that's a quick one for because I don't remember it all off the top of my head so um Again, if um, you know anyone listening, especially overseas, you know, send me an email. Tell me why you listen to the show, and um, I appreciate it. So, so we're gonna go ahead and we're not gonna get to seventy-five minutes here. We're just not gonna do it. <laughs> um, that's gonna be for the last episode, which we're still looking to have that episode sometime, probably at the beginning of the year. So the final episode. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be three hours long, uh, mainly because that how many that how much time I actually have is three hours. But I I choose to make it at least an hour or under an hour, a little over an hour as in this episode. But, yeah, I'm telling you right now, the last episode is going to be three hours. <laughs> and um, and so, yeah, I guess last episode with a question mark, because I mean, right now I'm thinking it is. But who knows? But um, but yeah, so appreciate everyone listening. And um, until next week, we'll chat with you later. Matter of fact, we'll maybe talk about history. Yeah, we'll chat with you later. <laughs>Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you gotta check out Kohl's. I got my daughter's the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks, Jansport backpacks for 25% off, and 30% off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash. So, yeah, not sure who's more excited right now, me or the girls. Select styles. 15% off friends August 15th. Levi's coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store Kohl's account for details.
When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she is so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At GEICO, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, GEICO has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside, she still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Fredericksburg? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Fredericksburg.